Ooh, baby, it is time for your Wednesday Q&A. And man, two things. So one, uh, you know, just last night I released uh, the Star Wars update for October. And, you know, I spent the last like 10, 15 minutes complaining about uh, the the last couple of trailers for um, for The Last Jedi coming out in December. And for Star Wars, The Last Jedi, in case you need that clarification. Which I don't imagine my patrons do, but anyway, maybe you do. So, all right. Today, tonight, they just came out with a, what I, I'm going to guess is going to be like a TV spot. It was called The Last Jedi Awake, and it's a trailer. And this was, this was a trailer. This is perfect. I didn't feel like there was any subterfuge, nothing crazy going on. You got ideas of, you know, Snoke talks a little bit longer in it and explain and, and at least gives like a hint of what the hell's going on. And uh, and it opens up amazingly with like Luke walking, you know, or going into the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon and turning shit. On. I mean, like that was right in the feels. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was like, yes. It's like, now that's a trailer. Why didn't you fucking really like that was 10 times better than the trailer they released on October 9th. I don't know what the fuck they were. Uh, well, whatever. I'm not in charge of Star Wars because, boy, if I was, there'd be a whole lot more nudity. Let's just put it that way. Anyway, <laughs> kids would not be lining up for this one. <laughs> but uh, but I was very impressed by that trailer. Thank you, uh, Lucasfilm, for at least restoring a, a little bit of confidence. Uh, in me for for what you can do so anyway there are some other things that that just i just found out today say from comic books that came out today and whatever else that i uh that, that might have to do with a character named quinlan voss that I, I found very interesting uh and it's like oh, okay now you're picking up a little bit but what the fuck were you doing for the past few months anyway enough of that let's uh you know let, let's talk about well for, okay the second thing i wanted to tell you about is this is the first time and so we'll see how this goes. This is the first time that I'm actually recording a podcast. Now, I'm in studio. I'm in the BDSM studio. Uh, and, of course, it's Brian's Dungeon of Sex and Magic. But I'm recording on my uh, Asus Zenbook, Zenbook 3, which I reviewed in the, this past week's episode 249 of um, episode two forty nine of, of the Sovereign Tech Prime episode. And, yeah, that so far seems to be doing okay. We're only a couple minutes in, and it's rolling. <laughs> and I, I tested the sound, at least, and it sounded good. So, But I had to get... I actually, so one of the, the downsides, potential downsides for people that I talked about uh, on the Sovereign Tech Prime episode was that, well, it only has one port. It has one USB-C port, and that port is used to charge things. Like, it's not even like an extra port where, where you can, you know, plug stuff in while you're still charging the computer. I mean, the computer, you know, the laptop has tremendous battery life, uh, for especially for its size, but... Yeah, that's kind of a problem. So anyway, I went on, uh, you know, I went online and I found a uh, adapter that is USB-C and it has a RJ45. It's very, it's, it's pretty, pretty small, uh, but it has two USB usual, you know, stock USB 3.0, you know, A type A, right, uh, uh, adapters on it. It has a pass through power of USB-C um, on it. It has a micro SD or it has an SD card reader. And it has um, RJ45, it has Ethernet on the end of it. And so all I got to do is plug that in, and then I can plug in the computer, and I can plug in all the devices. So that's fine, you know, especially if it's like an in-studio thing. I mean, that that's okay. And it's easy enough. It really is easy enough to throw in a bag. It's not like dongle hell in that I have to have like four different dongles to connect devices. Like I can just connect every device to the one dongle. So so not bad. I, I can... I can accept that, uh, especially since most of the time, you know, the dongle's not a concern and it's not the way that I'm using the, uh, you know, the device uh, at all. So anyway, still totally, totally loving um, the, the the Asus Zen, uh, ZenBook 3. I mean, I'm just, every day I use it, it's so, you know, I was thinking about this. We're, we're going to get in. We got some great questions to get into. Um, we're... <sighs> You know, like earlier, so I've I've had to do a ton of traveling lately, just a ton, and it's not over yet. There's there's more traveling to come. Uh, and that's one of the things I really wanted, like a much smaller computer and a computer that's easily, you know, stowable and tough, you know, can be a little rough and tumble and, uh, you know, but I can still get the business done. And that's that's part of the reason I chose the ZenBook 3, because it is incredibly tough. You know, it's solid, you know, it's it's all aluminum and, you know, has the grill glass, all that good stuff. Uh, even though it's not a touchscreen, I didn't want a touchscreen. 
So, but I was thinking about it. And I'm like, you know, what I have, I have this one leather bag. I don't know what the exact measurements are, but it, it, it's always, it's like at the maximum of what's carry on for being on a plane. And it's a leather duffel bag. And, uh, like, I feel like I live out of this thing. <laughs> I mean, you know, and it's kind of easy to do, uh, you know, when you wear all black clothes, right? Because, you know, nobody knows if you're wearing the same shirt twice, if you always wear the same fucking colored shirt. Right. But I mean, I, I'm not saying I do that, but, you know, it's a possibility if one needed to. So but I, I really I feel like I just live out of this bag. And what's amazing is is just how well I can. You know, I mean, yeah, I've got all this stuff and all these books and everything that you can see behind me. You know, if you watch a video of me doing any work uh, from my, you know, from my studio. But, you know, pretty much from what I need you know, and, and like what, what actually means anything when I'm quote unquote in action, it, it, it all, it all fits in that bag. And now, you know, with this little, you know, with the Zen book three, with this little computer, you know, just, you just slap the thing in there. I mean, and it takes up, you know, practically no weight. I have jeans that weigh more than this computer and, you know, and it takes up almost no space. I mean, usually I have a, like a, a gym bag or a backpack or something that I'll carry as well. And not, not just the, um, not just the double bag, but now I don't even need the gym bag. You know, I'll just put I, I can just toss everything right into the duffel bag, you know, and and it I mean, that's really incredible just how much you can get away with. I mean, I, I've had so, you know, throughout my entire life, pretty much I've I've kind of had this, this sort of background uh, uh, ethos attitude of. You know, you don't even know that I'm there like <laughs> like. Like if I'm visiting somebody or something like that, like, I, I, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm just incredibly self-sufficient and, and you don't even, you know, I leave the place. You wouldn't even know it, that I'm there. And honestly, like if you didn't want to know that I was there, you know, like you really didn't like, you, you know, you're busy or something like that. Like I can, I can be, you know, I'm never bored. I can, I always have plenty to do uh, and I can do it all very quietly if need be and everything, you know, uh, I guess that's, that's my passion for the ninja. I don't know, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I, I mean, it's just, it's so easy today really to, and I'm not just talking about minimalism, you know, and I'm not praising minimalism either. Uh, but I'm, I'm just saying that it's, it's very easy to, to have like your whole world in a duffel bag. Now it's, it's it actually, it's nothing less than remarkable, uh, that, that you can do that. So it's, even when you're a big guy like me and I'm, I mean, I'm a big guy, you know, uh, and well, anyway, that, that, that's enough of that. We have questions to get into, goddammit. Uh, but, you know, something that was very exciting that was announced today, and, of course, I'm uh, recording this on November 1st, 2017, uh, they signal, or Open Whisper Systems, of course, the creators of Signal, they announced today that they were releasing a full-on desktop app. And not only that, now I'll talk about this on the Sovereign Tech Prime episode as well, because this is important information, so I want to make sure everybody can you know hear about it. But not only that, but they're actually, they deprecated the Chrome app, because what it was for so long was a Chrome app. And everybody, myself included, were like, well, what the fuck? Why, like, why would you make it a Chrome app? It's Google, you know, <laughs> we're trying to talk about privacy here. And you could say, well, they made it an Android app. Well, yeah, I understand that. But like, that's that's very different because we're talking about platforms here. As to where with browsers or with operating systems, you don't need to attach it to, you know, one of the greatest pieces of spyware ever devised, that being, you know, Google Chrome. Uh, but they even they deprecated it from the Chrome Web Store, which that's a problem, too. In fact, I'll tell you, you know, speaking of the Zen Book three, there was a part of me that was half tempted just because it would be, you know, a computer that I could still go. There was a part of me that was like, yeah, you know, maybe I'll get one of those like Asus flipbooks because they can run all the Android apps and everything. You know, it'd be a Chromebook. Right. And I mean, I used to be a big fan of Chromebooks, actually. Um, but I decided against it just because, I mean, just because there's some software that I'd want to run that, that Chromebooks just can't do, nor could Android. And it's funny, like, I, I mean, one of the ways that I was selling myself, it's like, well, I could still have Signal on it. That'll be fine. But now, you know, unless you're using like an older Chrome APK, you can't do it. And and what's what's also funny is that you could say, well, yeah, you could just use the, you know, or not APK, uh well, I get, no, I guess you could still run it with the Android app, right? Okay, so never mind, it's not a problem. Uh, but if you're not if you're not using the Android app, um, you know, if you're not using that solution on whatever you know uh, platform you happen to be on, I mean, you know, that has Google Chrome, well, you're not screwed. Bottom line, I, I guess maybe maybe that's it. Maybe that's why they felt okay with doing it because Chromebooks weren't left in the dust because now they can use Android apps. 
whatever. Anyway, it's it's cool. It's available for Linux. Uh, great Linux instructions, actually, for installing it. Uh, it's available for, obviously, Mac, Windows. Um, and, in fact, just as I was just speaking, in fact, it's what reminded me to talk about it. Just as I was talking now, uh, it asked to restart. I was like, oh, wow, cool. And, you know, because it wanted to update. Uh, and it did an auto-update. Nice, great work, Open Whisper Systems, and I mean that. So Signal, I mean, th- this is something that lends it to being, you know, far more serious uh, of a platform than just, you know, the most secure messenger that we have, uh, you know, available to the uh, to the masses, shall we say. So anyway, that's cool. Uh, I'll be talking about that more on the Sovereign Tech Prime uh, episode because, uh, again, I really, I think that's very exciting news. It's right now, I mean, I'm not saying it's the best platform, but it's not unfair to say it's my favorite, you know, or it's it's the one that I want to use the most that most people uh, have, you know, have installed. So and speaking of software messaging software, uh, if you didn't notice, um, if you didn't get the latest, it just it came out. I, I had a, there was a bit of a flub. It was supposed to re- release on Halloween and it ended up releasing at like 4 a.m. on uh, t- today, I guess, technically. Right. Because yesterday was Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> It ended up releasing for, and then it it listed itself as issue seven, even though inside the email, the the Sovereign Tech newsletter email, it said it was issue eight. And anyway, there's a bit of a flub. I'll, I'll see what I can do about that. Um, but if you didn't get the uh, the latest um, Sovereign Tech newsletter, then you didn't find out that there is now a full on uh, Reddit group, uh, actually, that f- for Sovereign Tech, you know, it's uh, just what is it r or it's a subreddit not reddit group but a subreddit r slash sovereign tech and uh, that's already very active if i think of it i'll put in the show notes for this it'll certainly be in the sovereign tech prime episode show notes from here on out Uh, and we'll see how it goes because like i said we're trying to you know maybe wean off of facebook of course there's the facebook group people still joining that every day you know joining a new Facebook or the the sovereign tech uncensored facebook group which i'm really honored by that that people want to connect on there that's awesome Uh, and it's very active you know Uh, and the, the Reddit is is also is also very active. So I guess we'll see what kind of wins out with uh, with all this. But one suggestion that somebody had, and I just want to address it. Uh, somebody had suggested potentially going with um, with a discord with with my own discord server, uh, which, you know, like I, I like discord fine. I use it often. Uh, there's a lot of uh, actually there's a lot of crypto groups that use discord. Um, and of course, as a gamer myself, um, ga- you know, discord is very commonplace. In fact, you can, there's like some really deep integration that you can do with Patreon and discord. And now discord even has video chat. It's not just audio chat anymore. Um, I'm, you know, I have no problem with discord, not really. And in fact, I think they've made some very shrewd business decisions, uh, and they really came out of nowhere and became very popular, very fast. I remember the first, it was like maybe a year ago or a little over that, when I first saw it just pop up on PC Gamer, and then suddenly it seemed like everybody was using it. I mean, which is almost weird, but whatever, it's there. Anyway, I have no real problem with Discord. Uh, I mean, the main thing that you, I, in my opinion, you've really got to have to have like a, a really great active group around a niche, uh, like Sovereign Tech would be, you got to have the threaded conversations. And the person said they know it, they knew it didn't have threaded conversations, but uh, but they you know they thought it would be a, an interesting solution. And I'm I'm not opposed to it. I'm really not opposed to it. I just I don't know how many people like would really want to talk real time. I'm not the best at doing real time because I'm always you know rocking something you know busy not whether it's work or with with, um, other things shall we say uh you know whatever i mean like like threaded is just in my opinion it's so key to really make this kind of work and at least work for me i mean if sovereign tech fans want to set shit up look by all means you know set it up as far as i know the retro share community is still really really rocking um i haven't been able to visit that in a in a little while i i was all over that and then like what what really happened for me was I was doing a lot of traveling and RetroShare, which is incredible software, very forward thinking, futuristic software, in my opinion, uh, just such an important uh, thing to to really use and, and have exist. Uh, what was happening was is that like it, it drains your laptop battery in no time. I mean, you're lucky if you know, if you're supposed to get nine, 10 hours, you're lucky if you get two. Uh, so I, you know, I stopped running it pretty much uh, because I I seem to be, you know, kind of always on the go. It's not that I can't still get on it. I'm still connected with everybody there. And I, you know, and I, and I, I hook up sometimes, but uh, yeah, it's not something I could be on so actively just because of, yeah, what it does to the battery just, just kills it. So 
anyway, that's nothing against RetroShare. By please use it. Um, I love the fact that there's such an active community on there and that people are sharing such amazing things. I mean, it, that's really so cool. I I am not knocking it for anything. It, it's just it was a use it was a use case issue on my part and my part alone. Uh, so anyway, uh, let's see what else do we have here. Um, so oh yeah, so Discord. So yeah, Discord. It's interesting, and I don't know. Maybe something will come up in the future where it becomes a you know a, a little more, a little bit better of a solution. But it 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 doesn't fit what I'm I'm looking to you know help, be willing to create and help create uh, for Sovereign Tech listeners. You know. So, but, th- but thank you. It's, it's a great suggestion. I mean, and, and like I said, I have no problem with discord. I think it's fantastic software, you know, all the way, the, all the way around. And I think the business does some really good things. I like the fact that they said, yeah, no, we're not going to have Nazis. And they just, you know, started a bloop, bloop, you know, taking out channels. I mean, you can run your own discord server and, you know, then there's not much anybody can do really. But anyway, uh, yeah, I, I thought, you know, I great, great suggestion. It's just and, and people have had other great suggestions as well. Uh, right now, though, it seems to be, you know, it's either like the Facebook group stays or we just end up going you know, or Reddit, you know, really, really picks up. But the Reddit group is, or the Reddit, the subreddit is is flying high and, it, and it's going. So you just in fact, I put the, uh, the the instructions. You just have to find me on Reddit. Um, B Sovereign is my name on there. And uh, you can message me and I'll get you in because it's a private subreddit and, you know, and I, I can hook you up. So, OK, uh, let's get on to let's get on to some of our questions. So this was actually asked in the Sovereign Tech Facebook group, um, and it had to do with a story that I shared in the subreddit in the Sovereign Tech subreddit a couple days previous. Um, and it was, uh, let's see, Microsoft engineer installs Google Chrome mid presentation after Edge kept crashing. OK, <laughs> So what happened is it was during a, uh, an Ignite conference, okay, that a guy was um, a Microsoft presenter, I think Michael Lewerthy was his name. He was putting on a demonstration of migrating, you know, applications into Microsoft Azure, which, yep, that's kind of an important thing to be able to do, get people off of the, you know, the AWS tweet, uh, tweet, teat, uh, you know, and all that. And great, you know, so th- there you go, Microsoft Azure. Uh, what happened is, is that during the install, and you can watch the video because they uploaded the video of this happening and kudos to Microsoft. They actually uploaded it, you know, and they kind of let it ride. Um, you know, the guy just says, you know, after a minute, like edge, Microsoft edge, you know, the edge browser crashes and he just says, okay, I'm going to go install Chrome, <laughs> you know, and he, he starts installing Google Chrome. Um, and then he continues on with the presentation. And there's some funny moments that, that happen within it where the presenter, like, you know, there, there comes when he's installing Chrome. I mean, he's doing all of this right during the conference. And if I I'll put the link in the show notes, if I think about it. And he um, like he, he just, you know, he says something. All right. We're not going to make Google any better. And he unchecks or he, he doesn't check the box that says, would you like to send data to uh, to Google? And that was funny. And people, kind you know, people laughed and, and everybody had a really great attitude about it. You know, like nobody it wasn't like a Steve Jobs situation where Steve Jobs would would have like tossed the laptop or whatever was being used at the time at somebody and would have said, you know, you fucking fix it. Uh, And no, it like the guy handled it really, really calmly, made a good joke about it. And, you know, everybody was cool and laughing and everything at, you know, at a Microsoft event. And fine, whatever. So but but I was asked, you know, what, what are my had I heard about this and what are my thoughts about it? Uh, my thoughts about it. Yeah. I mean, you know, we talked about this maybe two, three weeks ago on a Wednesday Q&A because somebody asked me, did I think that edge was ready for prime time? You know, the Microsoft edge was, was ready to go. And uh, I had said, yeah, it's almost there. Like it, it's getting there. It's almost there. And, and honestly, just as an experiment, I have been, I've actually been using edge almost exclusively um, on my, uh, on the ZenBook three that I recently acquired. And the main, the main argument first off is I, I really wanted to see more. Okay. How does edge really work when you're really just using that? Not when it's just kind of like there and, and you're kind of in a testing environment with it, which is how I would, you know, uh, engage with it in the past just so I could talk about it as a tech journalist. And so I was like, no, I'll really try this. Let's try using this. And, you know, one of the side benefits was is that it's well known, even though as much as they try to fix it, it's well known that Google Chrome uh, on Windows particularly and kind of, well, not uniquely because on Mac it can kill the battery by like 50%. It's really terrible. 
But Chrome is, um, you know, Chrome kills batteries on laptops. And that, so, you know, if battery matters, don't use Google Chrome. And as much as they've tried to fix it by slowing down how background tabs are, are uh, you know, how much they're functioning and all that, uh, it's still really a problem. Of course, I guess if you don't run a ton of tabs, apparently it's fine. Uh, but if you do happen to have a ton of tabs open, yeah, it, it's it's going to drain. I mean, and, and Edge will drain more, too, the more tabs you have open. I mean, that's just the nature of any browser. That's that's the nature of tabs uh, in a very real way. So but regardless, um, you know, the, the the tests continually come in and there's been back and forth on this that actually Chrome does better on battery than Edge. But the bulk of the tests say that, well, Edge, you know, edges out as far as battery life. Like it, it just it just has better uh, uh you know, significantly better uh, battery management and battery life than any other browser on Windows, which you could it isn't hard to believe because you know it's built into the OS, so you would think that it can it, it can handle uh, power management a lot better than than just some you know third party software put on top. Uh, and so I you know I've been I've been testing it and using it, and other than like there's little things like Hangouts doesn't work on Edge. Um, I have Opera installed on, on the machine as well for uh, for clients and for other things. But, you know, and if I need to run Hangouts, I can do it that way. But, um, you know, so, yeah, it can't do Hangouts. There's There was a couple other little things that it couldn't do. I mean, most of the extensions, like Grammarly just came out as one of the one of the extensions for it. Um, you have uBlock Origin. You know, there's uh, the Reddit Enhancement Suite is available, which I've been using quite a bit recently, of course, now that there's a Sovereign Tech subreddit. Uh, all of those things exist on edge like you and LastPass, of course. I mean, like a lot of the things that the everyday person needs are actually there. And now that honestly, today was was one of the real death knells for Google Chrome. One of the great arguments for having Google Chrome was or Chromium or, you know, Chrome based uh, or maybe like Vivaldi or something was the fact that you could run the signal, uh, you know, desktop uh, app on, you know, on, on your desktop. But that's not true anymore. That's not a problem. So now I, I think that that really changes just how important and how much, you know, uh, Chrome is going to end up getting used for a lot of people. Not everybody, but for a lot of people, that's very important. Uh, so that's going to change things. Um, so, yeah, so Edge, I mean, sometimes like there's weird little things that will happen. Like if you're using Facebook and you you try to search for a page on Facebook It'll come up with, oops, that page doesn't exist, but then you just do it again and it'll come up. And I think and so it it runs scripts for some websites in a very weird way. Not that there's anything wrong with the edge engine. There's not. okay. but the browser. Yeah, it's still kind of finicky. It it still does, you know, weird things here and there. Um, And sometimes tabs crash for really no good reason, which is exactly what happened to this uh, Microsoft presenter at Ignite, uh, you know, that ended up installing Google Chrome. But. You know, 99% of the time, Edge does exactly what I need it to, and it does it pretty well. You know, it's it's come that it's come that far along. I could easily get away with using Edge pretty much from here on out, other than the Hangouts thing is is a problem. Um, but regardless, you know, the, the, there you go. So how do I feel about this happening? And and you know, is it an insult to Microsoft and 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 all of that? Uh, yeah, I, I think it looks bad, you know, and, and let's, so I've been, I've been reading, uh, Satya Nadella's, uh, book about the new Microsoft effectively and kind of his path into getting there and creating this new, you know, corporate culture there. Uh, it's called a hit refresh and it's actually a tremendous book. Like I am really, really impressed with a lot of the things that, that he's saying he's, he's, I'll, I'll do a full review on sovereign tech, but he's laying out some, some pieces of brilliance, uh, that would fit very well with the philosophy of sovereign tech, like all the way. Um, not again, not a Microsoft fanboy, but just saying. So, um, yeah, look, Microsoft's a different company, you know, like like these kind of age old rivalries. The, the, I mean, the, they're in many ways, they're falling away, you know, uh, and edge crashing. I mean, not, not a surprise. Like, I, it's totally believable that would happen and that they'd have to go install Chrome. I, I thought it was kind of bullshit, like install Firefox. What, what the hell? You know, <laughs> but it just just it does really show the mind share that that Google Chrome has. But I think that mind share is starting to go away and it'll be interesting. I think it's November 14th. I just got the email the other day. November 14th is when Firefox 57 comes out. And in the email that that Mozilla sent out, they made it very clear. This is an entirely new Firefox that you're getting. You know, everything is going to change. Everything's different. This is going to be fast. 
Um, I I think they're poised to do something pretty impressive. And they already they, they've talked about what extensions you can go to the or not extensions, but add ons is what they call them on Firefox. You can check out the add ons um, that they already have that are compatible with Firefox 57. And it's all the major ones. There's already like 5000 add ons that are ready. So they're not going to skip a beat as far as what extensions are available. That's one of the things that held back edge was that it had like no extensions when it first came out. I mean, that's one of many things. There was a lot of other things like you couldn't even like save picture as there's there just a bunch of dumb features that no browser should be without, uh, you know, that that edge had when it first came out when windows 10 originally released a couple of years ago. Uh, so Firefox 57, I mean, like that, that, that was the one thing I said about the story. In fact, cause I shared it on Twitter too. And I said, like, what, you couldn't install Firefox? What the hell? <laughs> um, I will be installing Firefox 57 on this ZenBook uh, when it comes out, because I got to know, you know, I, I, I want to feel, I want to see if I can feel that power, but I want to install it raw. I don't want any kind of like legacy code because this is a, com- I mean, yeah, I know you can run Revo on installer and it'll definitely get rid of everything, but you, you I don't need it right now. And I'm still kind of experimenting. What is life with edge? Like, you know, so that I can share that with you. Um, so yeah, but Firefox 57, that's going to be a, a very interesting thing. I mean, bottom line again, especially with signal, something like something as as niche, but as powerful and so widely used as like the, the signal app. I think that speaks to the fact that you know, the browser war, and, and I've said this in recent months on on the Prime episodes of CyberTech, I mean, the browser war is still going on. You know, st- incredible things are, are still happening, and there's still it's still very competitive. Uh, Firefox, or, you know, Mozilla is definitely upping the game with Firefox. Chrome isn't really, if, if anything, Chrome's getting rid of features. Sometimes that's a good thing. In this case, I kind of think it's a bad one. Uh, in fact, Signal coming out as its own app, they were really trying to beat the clock because in 2018, uh, we, we knew this a couple of years ago, that Google said in 2018 they were going to remove apps from, uh, from Windows uh, you know, Chrome apps from not, not extensions, but apps, they were going to remove Chrome apps from Google Chrome, uh, come 2018. And they don't even really need Chrome apps anymore because now, you know, with Chrome OS, you can just run Android apps on it. So it's, it's not even something that's, uh, that's needed. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that would have meant that signal would have disappeared too, but now that's not a concern. It's a separate app. They've got it out there and they're already doing auto updates, but, or, you know, of course they ask you to do them, but great. Uh, but yeah, so I, I, I think that this is, you know, Chrome's, I think Chrome's mind share is going to start getting chipped away. I think it will be very interesting to see what happens with Firefox 57 coming November 14th. Um, and, and edge, you know, look like I want people using open source, you know, install BSD, do all, I mean, like, believe me in my perfect world, that's what people would be rocking. Okay. Uh, but I, you know, I, I also want to put out there that, you know, one of my important things that I talk about is account and software minimalism. I mean, if you get a computer and edge is there, we'll fucking use edge. <laughs> I mean, like this really isn't a bad browser at all. In fact, uh, security wise, it, it's a great browser uh, for a lot of reasons, more so than some of the others. So, you know, go ahead, use it. But, you know, if, if Firefox 57 fixes a lot of the flaws uh, that Firefox has had over the years, then, you know, that has to do with memory management, battery usage, things like this, uh, and speed overall, then, you know, by, by all means, you know, let's all get back to, you know, let's get back to Firefox and let's rock and roll because open source, you know, all day, every day, if you can, like, please. So yeah, kind of disappointing that they went, that they went with Chrome and they didn't go with, (laughs) they didn't go with Firefox. I think that, you know, I I don't know what comment to, to, to make about that. I mean, kudos, Microsoft, like this is almost complimentary of Microsoft, even though it, it kind of makes fun of their browser. It's almost complimentary in that, you know, five, six years ago, there would have been, you know, Steve Ballmer, there would have been hell to pay at Microsoft for this, especially if the video got uploaded, they would have been, you know, asking for, you know, takedown notices on YouTube, but no, instead they, they kind of let it ride. So this just shows that that real shift in what Microsoft is as a company today. And it's just, it's a very different company. Apple's a very different company. Google is a very different company, but with Google, it's to their detriment. Uh, like with Google, it's a very different guy. Now it's evil, you know, <laughs> as to where maybe before it wasn't, uh, no, now the company's just straight up fucking evil. So yeah, I mean, we're, we're dealing with a completely different tech landscape as far as the tech giants go, uh, today because they had to adapt to, you know, consumers, 
I mean, this is what happened. Look, you know, people, humanity is not ready for tech, for the bulk of the technologies that exist today. That's a fact. I don't, I don't think that's opinion. I think that's an absolute fact. And the, you know, the tech giants, their attitudes, while they were always looking for growth, their attitudes were not, wait a minute, what do we do when we have a populace that really does, like, everybody's using this tech all the time and you have, like, server overloads, so you have all these different issues. You know, how, how, does, that, how does that work? Um, and so, the, you know, I think the tech giants really had to, they had to change. You know, they, they had to be a little agile, which they're not good at. Uh, and, and they had to, you know, look at not so much become consumer facing because I don't think they've they've done that, but they've changed, you know, where, where there's a lot of consumer centrism and some other things, you know, you know where, where things have really shifted. Uh, of course, Google used to be the consumer centric company. You know, now they're the exact opposite. And, you know, now they're absolutely the evil empire. Uh, you know, they've taken on like Microsoft's role from the 90s uh, in, in a very real way. So anyway, um yeah, that's that. <laughs> uh, so it's an interesting story. Uh, like I said, if I if I think about it, I'll make sure that the uh, that the link is in the show notes. And we're at about 30 minutes in. So let's see. What is the next question on here? Oh, this is OK. This is one that actually, that got asked to me on Reddit. Um, and I asked if I could talk about it on Patreon because that might be the easiest way to go about it. And we're going to we're going to get into the philosophical here and we might not be able to get in any more questions because, uh, you know, this is this is kind of a big one. Um, and the question is, so I'm a, I'm reading it here. I'm a pretty Liberty focused individual. I stick up for libertarians on Reddit because they get shit on pretty bad. Many deserve it. And I'm fucking tired of the two party bullshit right on. Uh, there was a time when I considered myself an anarchist. However, anarchism on Reddit and many other places on the web are forums filled with violent hate and revolutionary socialist bullshit. Um, I've only listened to your show for a bit less than a year. In that time, you've, replete, you've repeatedly stated that you are an anarchist and also seem to be very much against violence and aggression. Tell me, please, where do I learn more about this? This is much closer to the way I felt years ago before the movement seemed to be filled, or seemed to fill up with entitled bullies. I'll take anything. Podcasts, books, forums are all good. Okay, so right on, man. I, you know, I can feel so much of what's going on for you. Um, and actually, I don't even know if it, it you know, might not even be a guy. It could be a woman. Um, I, here's a problem. So my, I guess my version of, or, you know, how I see anarchism, what anarchism means to me and all this, um, I've talked about often that I, you know, consider myself, if I have to put some kind of suffix or prefix on it, uh, I consider myself an egoist anarchist, which is kind of the, which is the school of Max Stirner, who wrote the book, the ego in its own or the more modern translation, which is the unique in its property. Uh, I, you know, if you run into egoists, it's very few egoists that you'll run into sadly that understand some of the quotes that Stirner made where he's talking about, okay, yeah, like, look, there's, there's no rules. Like there, there are just no rules. Yeah. But, you know, there are, there are even though he wouldn't use the term empathy, the, the term empathy, he would talk about how, you know, uh, you know, when my brother feels love, I feel love for him when, you know, I mean, he would t- talk about love quite a bit. And what he's saying there is that, you know, like, I mean, depending on, on how you read it, and apparently a lot of people just completely miss this, this, uh, you know, this uh, um, uh, quote out of the book. Or they don't think about it hard enough. But I mean, the bottom line is, is that like if you kill somebody or if you harm somebody, it harms you. That's that's how I understand, you know, what Sterner is saying. Now, Sterner, you know, the ego in its own or the unique in its property, whatever, gets interpreted as much as the Bible, pretty much. Uh, And, you know, it it holds ironically holds similar titles to to like, you know, the Bible is often be called the most dangerous book in history. Uh, The ego in its own is often called the most dangerous book in history. Uh, And so anyway, that's where the parallels stop, (laughs) you know, because the Bible's well, it's the Bible and and the ego in its own is is the ultimate reality check or at least up till now. Um, here, here's the problem. Like the anarchism that I espouse, I mean, part of the reason that, that I, and and I feel bad that, that this is my answer in, in many ways. Um, 
part of the reason that I do, or the main reason that I do Sovereign Tech is because I do not hear my opinions uh, represented anywhere. That's the reason I do it, and I admit that openly, okay? Uh, I don't know what show to go to where people don't look for violent, uh, violent means to whatever kind of ends they may have. Um, I, you know, there, there is, there is no show that talks about anarchism, but then really talks about, Hey, you know, we're not, we're not going to go to, like you said, the, the revolutionary bullshit and all this stuff, which I just completely disagree with. I, I think anybody arguing for that just has no concept, uh, obviously hasn't been, hasn't been in the military. Um, and just just has no idea how how this you know how modern warfare in any way shape or form works. They just don't know, because then they they know that that's off the table. And also you know they would know things. Uh, you know they they maybe would have learned um, from like maybe the works of Gene Sharp from the Albert Einstein Institute that talks about nonviolent resistance, which is you know most of the ways that governments topple in the past hundred years has really not been, even though the news may be showing riots and the news may, may be showing violence and all this stuff, it's really all been happening very quietly in the background, sometimes operated by the CIA or whoever else, but it's always been through through genuinely peaceful, uh, either cultural or maybe even political subversion at times. Um, it, it, it almost never happens from violence. You know, like the, the violent aspects of it, that's just fringe parts of a, of a population. I mean, because like, like, understand, you know, say Czechoslovakia or, you know, go down the list of a lot of countries where there have been genuine separations from significantly larger powers uh, over the past hundred years. If if it really was some kind of bloody battle or riots in the streets and every and the people finally rising up and saying no more, blah, 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 you know, and, and then they take to the streets with their baseball bats and whatever else, you know, or whatever the fuck it, crowbars, I don't know, whatever they're using or guns, even that if it was that there'd be nobody left alive in the country, you know, to, to rebuild from, but no, somehow things change. And then, and then people just kind of like, like business moves on. I mean, it may be rough for a few years because, you know, you're trying to get your economy and your uh, economic tools, like, you know, your, your monetary systems and everything into order and all this. But bottom line being is that it usually happens very peacefully underneath and, the you know the violence that you see on the news and in television is is all very it's it's actually very fringe i mean it may be it may be terrible i'm not taking away from the tragedy of it okay but it's all very fringe and it's all meant to kind of like keep this this fearful narrative going i think that oh the rest of the world is a bunch of animals and they're all uh killing each other and you know stay stay in america don't leave america blah blah which just isn't so um so yeah, I, you know, I mean, that's but that's that's what people don't realize is that real revolutions that happen where there's I don't know that it's real change, because if you're just putting in another government, that's not real change. Right. But where governments actually change, where the laws actually change and all this, it all happens very peacefully. Uh, and again, either culturally or through some kind of maybe some kind of political coup, but it's a full on coup, not like this person gets elected and then they, they start subverting from, you know, from their election. No, it's usually like a complete coup, uh, not a violent one, but it's just one where, you know, you, I mean, the, you have to understand these concepts. And again, it just goes to show that most libertarians, they've never been in a war. They've never, they've never actually dealt with, uh, uh, you know, with, um, what's the term I'm looking for? I don't want to say like game theory. I mean, just, they, they, they've never dealt with actual like foreign policy, and 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 all that they have no concept of how this shit actually works uh you know and and how the u.s military and various defense forces of the u.s actually does business around the world uh because oftentimes i mean depending upon the area you know a lot of the little shifts doesn't happen at the butt of the gun it happens with with you know total you know cloak and dagger all that classic shit you know uh, and you know, total, total subversion. I mean, that that's, and it's cultural stuff. You know, I was in psychological, psychological operations. I know, I know how it works. Um, I mean, it, you know, a pamphlet does so much more than a gun. Do you understand? And, and this, it's been that way forever. I mean, it, I mean, you know, what, what did George Washington say about the revolutionary war? The revolutionary war wouldn't have been won without the pen of pain, you know, meaning of Thomas Paine. that without his pamphlets that, you know, the war would have been meaningless. And that's the thing. Guns don't win wars. Do you understand? Like guns don't even really fight the wars. I mean, yeah, they're there, but that that's all tragedy and that's all surface level horseshit. Okay. Real change, real things that you know, like, and, and getting real freedom, 
um, or, or getting away, you know, out, out of some kind of tyranny. Maybe you just replace it with another tyranny, but actually changing tyrannies like most of the time. I mean, not always. Yes. Like I said, there are some genuinely tragic events that, that you know, in wars that, that, that really get down to that. Um, but most of the time it's really not violence that, that makes this stuff go round and round. And you could talk about assassinations and all that stuff. Okay, fine. But when a populace accepts things and it happens en masse where suddenly like a new country props up out of this sort of stuff. No, that that's usually happening very peacefully. And, and often they're just lying to you about the fact that it, that it's, it happened through war. Uh, and I mean, yeah, I'm not saying violence didn't occur, but as far as where the actual change occurred, it didn't happen with violence. It just didn't. Um, and you can read there, there's there, they have a whole website uh, the Albert Einstein Institute where they talk about nonviolent resistance and all that. Uh, and they they make excellent cases. And look, this is all stuff. I mean, and, and people come. It's so funny because when I mention and because I've, I've been doing this for years, I've been arguing with libertarians and anarcho capitalists and whoever else, you know, for so long about this stuff, about, uh, you know, about peaceful solutions and everything, because most of them are just or not most. Many, it seems, or at least the loud ones are they're really ready to go to guns. You know, they're ready to go to revolution. And, uh, you know, I think that's pathetic, but whatever that, that that's that's how they feel about it. Um, but I, I've been arguing them forever. And every time I would bring up, say, Gene Sharp or, you know, a lot of these works on nonviolent resistance and everything, they instantly say, yeah, but that's done by the CIA. And so that means it's bad. No, you dipshit. It, yes, it's done by the CIA, but that's because it works for them. <laughs> like, like that's how they end up getting, you know, their, their way in other countries. Now, I'm not saying that that's a good thing, but I am saying that nonviolent resistance absolutely works. You know, one of the things that they talk about often at the Albert Einstein Institute is that you don't, you, you know, just because say like, um, I don't know, let, let's imagine a country, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, Pteranodon. All right. We'll call that. That's the country. So an army moves into Pteranodon. Just because an army moves into Pteranodon and say they they close down the borders and they have and they claim to have control does not mean that they have control of the populace. They can't just kill everybody that doesn't comply. And they really don't. You know, you could have within a within a geographic landmass, you can you really can have. And this has happened um, many, especially in Eastern Europe, you know, in like the Eastern Bloc during when the USSR was was starting to crumble and all that. You had full on countries where you had alternative governments prop up and people would in this on the same street. One of them would accept one government and the other would accept the other, you know, and like you don't just because there is an oppressive force, just because there is an occupying force does not mean that they control the populace does not mean that they are the government. You can have a completely separate one, but nobody seems to understand that. You know, like I, I don't, I don't know what's so hard about that concept. Okay. Just because there's an occupying force in a, in, in a geographic landmass does not mean that they control the area. It just doesn't. You can say, well, but that's the nature of occupying. It doesn't matter if they don't comply and look, they don't want to go around killing. Like, I mean, cause otherwise all that's going to be left is an army. <laughs> you know, I, I'm just amazed at, at, at the, the lack, the complete lack of understanding of even the ugly side of the human condition that, that so many people have, they just don't know how this, how this shit works. You know, it was amazing. I was listening to, um, uh, the Tatiana show, uh, that Tatiana Moroz does. And she had Scott Horton on. I love Scott Horton. Okay. I don't agree with him hundred percent on everything, but good guy you know, and super, super knowledgeable dude. And you know what he said on there that I thought was amazing? Cause he was talking about the war machine and you know, the American empire, all that stuff. He's really great at talking about that. And he said, he's like, look, you got to understand. He said the left, the left hates war. And he made it very clear. He said, I'm talking about, you know, the real left, the left, the communists, all that. He said, they hate liberals. He says, he says, I'm not talking about progressives. He says, I'm talking about the left. And he meant communists and all that. He said, they hate war. And he's right. They do, you know, but, but no, most of the times when you talk to libertarians or, you know, even some other, I don't know, ANCAPs or anarchists, whatever, they're just like, oh, the left, the left, you know, they, they love war. Uh, they're, they're so full of shit. you know, when, as long as their guys in power, they're supporting war, blah, blah. No, 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 no. The real left and even the communists most, I mean, not the tankies, obviously, but even the communists, they hate war. They all hate war. You're, <laughs> But but people don't know, you know, because they never take the time to actually read up about shit. Now, that gets to my larger point, because the person asked, OK, what what podcasts are there? What books are there? What forums are there that talk about the anarchism, say that that I espouse? And here's the sad news. OK, after saying all of that, here's the sad news. It's not there. 
There isn't any. There aren't any. There's no podcasts. I don't have I you know I don't listen to Liberty podcasts. It's I mean there's some there's a couple that I that I listen to you know uh, I like the work that Roger Paxton does and all that, but I don't listen to a whole lot of podcasts because frankly like I don't listen to Liberty podcasts I should say because they're not talking about what's freedom to me. You know and 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 they're not they're either talking about okay we'll solve it through politics or you know some of these people will come right on and they'll start saying yeah eventually it'll turn into revolution. Uh, you know, and, and, and all of this, and, and it just drives me nuts, you know? So, so yeah, I don't know of a podcast that espouses anarchism, that espouses no government and also not playing in, in electoral politics, uh, but also says, you know, we're going to do this completely peacefully and we will refuse to engage in, uh, in, in, you know, in, uh, revolution, you know, like violent revolution and, and all of this. I don't know. I don't know. the pod- I'd love it if there was a podcast out there that did that. But um, but there isn't. You know, I mean, you could say Sovereign Tech is, but, I'm, you know, I'm really just a tech show. Uh, so, I, yeah, I mean, granted, I'm being kind of subversive and obviously to some degree it worked because, you know, like like you said, uh, emailer, <laughs> that you haven't heard that anywhere else. Well, I, I mean, I am trying to kind of you know, push out there, you know, my ideals, certainly. I mean, I, I do that consciously or unconsciously. I just know that I'm also, you know, consciously it's also happening. And I just, I, you know, I admit to it. Um, so yeah, like the ego in its own, there's a way that you can interpret that. I guess I'll say, uh, I think it's the way that it was meant based upon what I know of, or what we know from Max Sterner, uh, from external accounts, you know, from, uh, even from people that don't agree with him. I think that he was a peaceful guy. Uh, but a lot of people that, that call themselves egoists and that read the ego in its own and all that clearly are, you know, they're, they're ready to make, they have all their memes with AK 47s. They're ready to pick up guns and they're ready to, you know, take out everybody and anybody. And, uh, that's really sad, you know, and they, they, they have clearly, or at least in my opinion, they have no concept of, of what the fuck they just read, you know, when it comes to, uh, to Max Sterner's work. Um, there is, I, I mean, and this is the thing, you know, this is something I've complained about uh, a lot. And great, if you've only been listening under a year, some of the more anarchist arguments that I would make over the past five years of Sovereign Tech, you might not have heard those. But like there needs to be that work that builds on top of what Sterner started. And there's some out there, you know, but none of it is like really going all the way. None of it is where I would say, OK, this is like this is anarchism, you know. I have to point at the ego in its own because depending upon how you want to interpret it, um, it can be, you know, kind of the, in many ways, the end all be all of anarchism. It still has some unfortunate statements in it that were based around the popular science of the time that was quite frankly racist. But I don't think that the, I don't think Sterner was racist. I think he was just espousing, again, the science of his day, the high science of his day. Uh, so, yeah, there's no podcasts. Um there, there really aren't any forums, you know, there, there aren't any books that, that cover this, this sort of thing. Um, I mean, if you want to get a foundation in egoism and then just, you know, tell yourself that you're, you're going to go with peaceful means and peaceful means only. And look, I'm not saying that you can't do self-defense. Like a lot of people get very confused when I talk about this. I, I mean, if I have to, I, you know, I will have, I'm not going to kill anybody, but I will defend myself. Um, and I'm capable you know, there's nothing wrong with self-defense. I don't think it ever has to go to lethality. There's no reason for it to go to lethality. Um, in my opinion, ever, you know, I think it's a lack of creativity if one thinks so, but whatever, I get it. Some people that's, that's what they do. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not here to really, I'm not here to necessarily, I'm not here to tell you what to do. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, you just, you know, you take egoism and then you just say, okay, and I'm going to do it peacefully and always peacefully then there you go. You know, that, that's kind of the, I don't know, that's, that's how I see anarchism. That's kind of my brand. I mean, there might be a couple other ideas I have here and there that I, I think, uh, fall under the, um, the elimination of constraint upon the human condition. And I, I like to use the term constraint specifically, not just laws or mores or norms or anything like that, but all constraint, you know, any constraint gets in the way of humanity, uh, you know, reaching its full potential. Okay. And now, I mean, you can only get rid of those constraints peacefully to really like be able to handle a world without constraints, but 
regardless, I like to use the term constraint. My point being is I like to use the term constraint and not like put an end to laws, put an end to social norms, put an end to this, just say constraint. And then that, that gets rid of, you know, that, that, that says that gets rid of that, that covers all the bases. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I hear you. I understand. I feel this. I feel, I, I hear, I feel like I'm hearing some fresh, I hear a lot of frustration in your message or I read a lot of frustration in your message. I share your frustration. The, that, that work is not, that body of work is not out there. And, uh, and I feel bad and I could have just responded to you with that, but I, I thought it was such a great question, such a uh, fantastic thing to bring up. Um, that I wanted to do it on a Patreon episode. And I mean, I'll, I'll say, you know, the world, (laughs) not, not that there's ever going to be a completely anarchist planet. That's just not going to happen ever. Okay. In my opinion. Um, but the world is ready for somebody or for something to put out that message of, we're going to do this peacefully. We don't need, we really don't need governments anymore. We don't, I mean, like, look, you, the ever the everyday person, if you ask them to come to like a Liberty hangout, 99% of the Liberty hangouts of some kind that you ask that person to go to. And believe me, I've heard the, the horror stories I have heard of amazing people that have still kind of, you know, latched on to Liberty ideas. All right. Uh, or not kind of that have really latched on to Liberty ideas, despite the libertarians that they met. I mean, I've heard horror stories where like someone would just come out of nowhere and say and say to a woman, you know, who just it would say like, hey, you know, want to go upstairs and I'll eat your pussy. Like, I mean, they just say that this is a person who never met a libertarian before and they just come out and say that shit. What the fuck? Right. I mean, that happened and it, and it, it wasn't just that one off. It wasn't a joke. The guy kept on. You know, I mean, like I, I, there's there's and that that's that that's one extreme. There, there's so many other stories where, uh, you know, people are going to one in Atlanta and, you know, going to a meetup in Atlanta. And there's a literal Nazi at a libertarian meetup of like 20 people. One of them's a Nazi. You would hope, well, small enough group, 20 people. OK, yeah, I imagine everybody's pretty cool. No, you had Nazis there. I mean, th- these are real stories. OK. And, and it, it, and it's really like, but that's the thing is that I don't, I think in my opinion, okay, libertarianism or anarcho-capitalism is such a hard sell because as soon as you try to get people to the personal level for it, um, and you get into like even a smaller group, someone fucking ruins it. Like somebody who thinks that, that the lack of constraint and the, the counterculture, aspects of anarchism and all this means that that they get to just like either be violent racist rapey whatever i mean it happens every time you know and there's a lot of reasons for that i mean you know part of the problem is is that this is a community that says it won't call the cops so yeah you're going to get sociopaths you know that are going to be very attracted to this oh they won't call the cops they won't get the authorities involved ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to call the cops either, but maybe it's not a bad idea to not like announce that so much. Um, I just I think it's a tough sell. And I know there's people who are working to try and and keep libertarianism, you know, and and anarcho-capitalism or whatever, you know, keep it fresh, keep it relevant, uh, keep it peaceful, keep it keep going. And I and I respect the hell out of those people. And and you know who you are and I love you. And, you know, and I, I respect what you're doing, but it, but it's, you know, your work's cut out for you. This is a tough sell because right now things, I mean, it's really bad in my opinion. There's areas where it's not, you know, I've been to certain, I've been to certain areas where things weren't so bad, but then I've been to areas where, holy shit. So yeah, bottom line, like I, I, you know, uh, uh, emailer messenger, I apologize you know, the, the, the work doesn't exist. I think it might be getting worked on by some people out there. Um, but, but the, yeah, it, it's, it's not, it's not out there, <laughs> you know? And, and, and that's, a, it, I think that that's, that's a shame. Uh, and especially like if you're a really, really peaceful guy, like you don't know, you have no idea. Cause, cause I espouse, you know, I, again, I'm not saying I've never, ever, ever said don't engage in self-defense. I've just said that I won't go to lethal force. Okay. I just, I won't do it. Um, and that comes from my own experience of using it. 
which I've talked about before. But you, I mean, the arguments, the backlash, the uh, the insults, the shunning. It's for for people that are supposed to be so open to you know to alternative ideas and to alternative ways of living and everything. Boy, you know, I I had this old I have this old saying from Sovereign Tech years ago. It was like one of the first twenty episodes, and I named it. I named the episode the Four G's, and. The the entire point that I made in that episode was that in libertarianism and ANCAPism, there are four G's that you can't mess with, that you don't talk about. And as long as you don't talk about these, you will be the most popular guy. Of course, you'll sound like everybody else and you won't really be an individual, but you'll be a very popular guy. Who knows? They might even put you up for LP president or something. I mean, fuck, I, I don't know. Okay, the four G's are you don't talk about gender. You don't talk about God. Or, you know, don't make fun of or, you know, like, like, don't don't go into gender bending. Don't make fun of God. Don't don't make don't don't talk bad about guns and you don't talk bad about gold. OK, those are the four G's. You, you don't touch those subjects. You stick to the to the quote unquote, you know, not libertarian party, but the party line in the abstract of libertarianism and anarchism and, and or ancapism, not anarchism. Those are. Those are kind of two different things, uh, you know, and, and you'll be just fine, you know, but me, no, I'll buck, every, I'll buck all four. <laughs> I don't, I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. I kind of want to be like, it's cheesy, but I want to, you know, I want to like quote out of, out of fight clubs. Like, you don't know where I've been Lou, you know, like, I don't care. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'll, I'll talk about those four G's all fucking day long, right in your face. And you know, but, but it, it's, I mean, yeah, I can be an ass, but if you ever like meet me in person or, or like you're, you're in a room with me, like I'm, I'm a pretty chill dude. Like I'm usually not an asshole to people unless they, they start saying something like, like really, really dumb or, or, uh, uh abrasive. Um, so, you know, but, but boy, even if you try to have an intelligent conversation about this stuff for get it, it's not going to happen. I mean, like they, they will, you know, they'll, ch- they'll do everything shy of chasing you out it's it's really rough so and i'm not saying every community does that but plenty of them do i've had i've had plenty of my experiences you know with with all of that uh so it's a pity yeah i mean this this is this is very tough like you're not even in many ways you're not even really allowed to explore the, the these notions without people jumping down your throat and coming up with all of these insults and and whatever else about it when it's a completely valid choice to go through life with uh and and i dare say an ethical one so yeah. So <laughs> all of that said, um, yeah, th- those books don't exist, but then that's kind of a market opportunity, right? <laughs> I mean, like that's a chance for somebody to explore these ideas on their own and perhaps to, you know, write a treatise, write a book, you know, whatever, put out a newsletter. I don't know that 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 talks about um, this kind of anarchism, you know, now. And that's what I was going to say is that really the world is ready for not a new anarchism. Because there, there are no more, there, there are no new anarchisms. Like the ideas have been out there. I mean, like, so, okay. So like with more pacifist, yeah, real quick. Okay. This is something I want to mention earlier with more pacifist anarchism. Like you have, uh, the works of Leo Tolstoy, uh, like, uh, the kingdom of God is within you. Was that the, was that the book? Or I think, I think that was his book. Like he was an anarchist and he was a pacifist. He was a pacifist anarchist. Uh, but also he was like a weird like quasi Christian. So not a perfect work by any means. So, I mean, there, there's some, you know, anarcho pacifism is a thing and there, you, you can look up on that and maybe in Wikipedia, there'd be some resources about it. But again, there, there's even debates within that. Does pacifism mean that you just don't use lethal force or does it mean you don't ever like even throw a punch? You know, I don't, I don't, I fall into the former camp of where I just, you know, I don't believe in the use of lethality. Uh, you know, but I, I firmly believe in self-defense. Um, I mean, so you're going to, you're going to have arguments there, but I don't know of any, like there isn't, I don't know of a great work that has to do with say like anarcho-pacifism or something like that. And I, and I don't, I don't necessarily do, you know, I get called a pacifist, but I don't really identify that way personally. Um, because again, I, I will defend, you know, it, it, it as needed. I'm just not going to, not going to go to, um, not going to go to lethal force for any reason. So, uh, yeah. So (laughs) 
to answer your question again, you know, it's no. Oh, okay. So sorry. I'm all over the place. It's late at night. Um, so I was going to say that, yeah, I mean, the world's ready for, for that kind of anarchism that has a, me- I mean, because, you know, you saw in the recent shootings and so many of the recent killings and everything that have been going on lately, like people have had enough. They're tired of, of like of violence happening so much. I mean, I think they really are. They ignore a lot of what their own governments do. Certainly that's, that's painfully obvious. But um, it seems pretty clear that there's an outcry saying, like, look, we're just done. We want peace and we know we can have it because most days we do. And and this sort of has to stop. And I think that uh, an anarchist message, not a new kind of anarchy. Like I said, there's no new kinds of anarchy, but an anarchist message that 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 concentrates on that, explores those issues in a very real way. And the answer isn't, well, just shoot them back. Uh, I think. I think would I think the world's ready for that. I think the world is really ready for a genuine anarchist or I think much of the world is ready for again it's never going to be an entirely anarchist planet but is ready for a genuine uh peaceful anarchist evolution um that addresses very real social issues going on and doesn't answer that question with well the problem is government. Sure, government is 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 one of the ultimate problems. It's not the only one though. Religion can be a problem. Uh, I mean, there's lots of things, you know, social norms can be problems. All these different forms of constraint, not just laws. There's forms of constraint that are far more that are, that are, are far more dangerous to the human being than than laws that can be more more dangerous anyway. And, yeah, I think if, if you touch on what what actually are is concerning people, I think that, you know, I, th- I think there's a lot of people ready to hear that. And are looking for that. Um, and I kind of I'm kind of getting the sense you're like you're sort of one of them. So, you know, but but you're already on the track. You get it. You know what you're looking for. You know what you want and you know, you know, what, what you want to hear and everything. And so, you know, maybe, you know, maybe start doing some of the exploration, you know, and, and going down that and, and, and thinking this stuff, uh, thinking this stuff through. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, I'm honored that you asked me about this uh, and that you brought it up. And I'm glad to know that you are out there. Uh, and then, of course, I'm glad for all the Sovereign Tech listeners and, and the Sovereign Tech patrons, you know, you keep this ship going round and round. I mean, we have great sponsors, too, uh, you know, that I'm really honored by people that, in fact, you know, I'm going to have the guy, uh, I'm going to have uh, Ravi Guglioni of uh, Zencash. He is also ex-military. And um, I don't know if we'll get into that too much in our conversation, but I'm sure he is also well aware of much of what I described Um you know, and, and maybe, maybe that'll come up in the conversation, but that's another great thing too, is that, and, and that, that's, it's something that's always very hopeful for me is that the sponsors, uh, I mean the patrons and the sponsors, they are, whether they agree with me or not or whatever, they see the importance of this message that like this person that emailed and, you know, for, for this Patreon episode, this person that emailed, you know, said, wait, I'm not hearing this anywhere else. And I'm just, I'm so honored that all of you recognize that again, you don't have to agree with me. I never said anywhere. Everybody has to agree with me. And I tell my sponsors point blank. I will not, you know, tone down my message. I will not leave things untouched. I will not, you know, I'm not going to do anything to, to make you look good. If something I, if something I want to talk about directly affects you and maybe makes, you know, might somehow make you look bad or something like that, guess what? It's going to happen. And that is, that is made abundantly clear. Uh, with them. And I, I've never necessarily put it in writing, but you know, I, I, I have that conversation, uh, but most of the sponsors end up, you know, are, are often listeners anyway. And so they know the score. They, they wouldn't even want to try to control me um, or, you know, or tell me what to do because, you know, other times, I mean, with some of the things that I do on the show, a lot of other podcasts would probably lose all of their sponsors. And then that just, you know, thankfully that that doesn't happen with, uh, with sovereign tech. So, Anyway, and hey, you know, when if you're exploring this and if you find something like that I don't know about, let me know, you know, as far as this this, you know, really peaceful version of anarchism that that this this person's looking for. Let me know. And maybe I didn't know about it or maybe I forgot about it or something and we can get it out there. I'm happy to highlight it. Um and I know other people who would love to highlight it on their websites. Uh and so yeah, yeah, let's uh anyway, let's make this happen. So, and some of this I'm actually the user podcast real quick. I'm going to, I'm going to wrap this up the user podcast, which I've been, I've announced months ago and I've been working on for some time. 
I kind of want this the user podcast. The reason I'm being so why it's always being delayed and late is because I, I'm really shooting for a degree of perfection here because I want this to be kind of a, a corpus, a body, a reference work that people can look to that describe some of the ideas uh, that I talk about that aren't necessarily unique to me, but um, but but that don't get a whole lot of that don't have, say, podcasts, books or forums or whatever, uh, like this person's looking for. That's, that's something I'm shooting for with users. So it, I appreciate everybody's patience with that. Uh, but that is something that, you know, I'm, I'm working really, really hard on to, to make it like that solid to where I feel like, you know, it could enter, uh, just about any ideological, uh, or argumentative, uh, arena. So, okay, that's it uh, for this week. I had another question, but uh, we, we won't be able to, uh, to get into that uh, <laughs> this week. So, but, uh, but a couple of great ones or, uh, you know, a few different topics that are really cool to get into. So, of course, uh, there will be, there will actually be episodes coming out pretty much every day this week. Um, I also have the, there will be another Relationship Rhombus show coming out very soon. And we got a lot of great stuff just for the patrons. So I will see you woo, on the other side.